All right. This is Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, chapter 24. Once he and Max made their way back up Mount Crumpet, the Grinch entered his cave and headed down the hallway. Max kept following his master, but the Grinch stopped him. Not now, Max, he said. I need to be alone. Max trotted off toward another corridor to his bed. As he laid in his mattress with his blanket, he stared at a framed picture of himself with his beloved master. Ding-a-ling, the bell rang, summoning Max. He sprang up from his mattress, climbed the steps, and jumped onto the platform that he pushed down into a vat of coffee, pouring out to a cup. He attached the tray to his head and balanced the cup of hot coffee on the tray. But as he started back to the little elevator that would carry him up to the Grinch's bedroom, he saw something. Inside the elevator was a new ball. It had a shiny bow on it. I kind of thought you'd like that. If you don't like it, I can just take it back. It's not a big deal. I just thought you'd... Arf! Arf! Max barked happily. He began playing with the ball, batting it with his paws, and then jumping on it and biting it, and he loved his new ball. Oh, huh, the Grinch said, smiling. Merry Christmas to you too, Max. Squeak, squeak, every time Max bit the ball, it squeaked. Squeak! Well, that's going to get old, said the Grinch, rolling his eyes. Knock, knock. What's that, said the Grinch, turning toward the sound. It had been a long time since anyone had knocked on the cave's front door that the Grinch had forgotten what it sounded like. Knock, knock. It was definitely a knock at the front door. But who could be knocking? He made his way to the front door, opened it, and looked outside, expecting a furious crowd. But all he saw was Cindy Lou Who, standing in the snow, staring up at her, him with his big eyes and round head. Oh, hello, the Grinch said, surprised. Hi, Cindy Lou said. Remember me? Yes, the Grinch blinked as he replied. Yes, I do remember you. She stuck out her small hand. My name is Cindy Lou Who. It's nice to meet you, Cindy Lou, the Grinch said, shaking her hand. My name is Grinch. Down by the Grinch's feet, Max squeezed his new ball. Squeak! Uh, this is Max, he added. Whoa, nice to meet you, Max, Cindy Lou said, laughing as he licked her face. She looked back up at the Grinch. I just came to invite you to our house for Christmas dinner. What? The Grinch said, me? But I took all your gifts. Yeah, Cindy Lou said, nodding. I know. And your trees? Said the Grinch. Yep, Cindy Lou agreed. I stole your whole Christmas, he re regrettably reminded her. I know you did, she said, but we're inviting you anyway. The Grinch couldn't understand why the Who's would do such a thing. But why, he said. Utterly bewildered, because, Cindy Lou explained, you've been alone long enough. She turned, walking towards her sled, and started back down the mountain, calling, dinner's at six, don't be late, and make sure to bring Max. The Grinch watched her go. An invitation to Christmas dinner? He'd never been invited to a Christmas dinner in his entire life. But at six o'clock that evening, the Grinch stood outside of the front door of the house where Cindy Lou and her family lived with her mother and two brothers. He wore a black tie over his green suit, his hair was neatly combed, and Max was with him. He was terrified. He slowly moved his shaking finger toward the doorbell and yanked it back. He tried again, but failed. Bad idea, he muttered to himself. I can't do this. I can't do this. So if you're a guest with us today, all month long we've been in this series entitled The Grinch. And today is the climax of that series. I'm excited. This is the point of the series for me 
is today. There's a lot of good principles and a lot of good things that we have learned. But for me, today is the climax of all of that. But before I get into that, I need to say that a lot of you in here, a lot of you in here looked right at my face this morning to me and lied to me. You looked right at me and you lied to me and said, oh, that's a nice sweater. <laughs> it is not. Ronnie, Ronnie Copeland, my friend Ronnie right here, he walks around and said, that is an ugly sweater. So praise the Lord, somebody gets it, amen. And so, yeah, this is not, you know, normal attire, okay. And I got it out of the very, 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 very bottom of our chest this morning. And Cheryl said, that is ugly. That is the point. And I didn't have to go to store and buy one. Glory to God. And if y'all haven't seen Roger Mount this morning, he's probably over there with the kids today. Roger. Right? Roger. Holy cow. Buddy, I'm sorry. I apologize. Hey, guys, man, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, would y'all come? Just come. Bring your family, your friends. One hour. We guarantee it's an hour, and we're going to keep our promise. So y'all come tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. It's filled with music and scripture reading, and then uh, the, the conclusion of the reading of the Grinch, and then a five-minute sermon. Glory to God. Five-minute sermon. Not today. Tomorrow. Okay. And this morning is not a five-minute sermon. Amen. What I like about Cindy Lou Who is this little girl, she lived life on mission. And as you hear the story of the Grinch, to me, she's the star of the show. She's the star of the story. She questions the true meaning of Christmas throughout the entirety of the reading. It just seems like this isn't it. It's... And listen, I like to get gifts. Hello, don't you? Someone gave us some divinity this morning. I've got some cards today and some bags and some cookies. And I like to get gifts. But there's more to Christmas than that. There's more to it. And she's questioning that part of it. Is that it? Those are great looking presents, aren't they? Don't you wish those were under your table, under your tree? And you're like, oh, I can't imagine what's going to be in watches and pocket knives and new clothes and a nice pair of shoes and right all those things, right? That that you like to get at Christmas. And she's like, No, this is not it. So she climbs up that mountain to invite the Grinch. And to communicate to the Grinch that he was loved, at least by her. At least by her. And I don't know in your life if you've ever had that time where you felt unlovable and you felt distant and isolated and alone. But if you have, then you relate to the story of the Grinch. When, when things in your life and, and things around you and regarding your family and, I don't know, your success and your relationships, it's just so broken. It's just so broken. And I remember those times when you're so alone and you're so isolated and it's so despairing. And, and that's when you question, there's got to be more to life than this. 
this much pain can't go on forever. Have you ever felt that way? This much pain can't go on forever. And, and that's where the Grinch is. This much pain can't go on forever. And somebody, somebody reaches a hand. I want y'all to know that Cindy Lou Who lived her life on mission. And she was willing to lend a hand. And for some of you this morning, right now, you're thinking of a person. It is happening for me. Who, who offered a hand. Who reached out. And that person is forever dear to you. Cindy Lou Who. They're your Cindy Lou Who. I have my Cindy Lou Who. Right? Her, her life was lived with purpose. And get this, that life was not popular. No one else was climbing that mountain with her to go invite Grinch to dinner. I'm not doing that. He doesn't deserve that. He hasn't earned that. And I'm not spending one second of my time on that. So it's not popular. And it's not normal. God never called us to live normal. Are you with me? You okay so far? We're not here to be normal. This week, just, uh, I hate to intertwine the story of little Riley into this, but I just want you to know, God uses all kinds of people to minister. All kinds of people to minister to people. Young people and old people and... Uh, there's a lady, she comes in, and, and on what her job is, is to give massages. That's her job. She's a massage therapist, and she comes in, and she gets the lotion, and she just rubs your feet and rubs your hands when you're so sick, when you're so critically ill. There's another lady, her job is to take this puppy dog and walk him around through the hospital and go visit all the kids and, and just let the kids see this really nice, well-behaved puppy. But there's other people who come in and they clean up. There's other people who help you untangle all those IVs. There's other people who come in and, and they're there to offer words of encouragement and comfort in the most unencouraging and uncomfortable time. There's doctors who the things that they can do are just incredible. And God uses those people and nurses and technicians and social workers and people just to come and offer a word of encouragement or a moment to minister to bless and it's not normal and I put it it's not easy it wasn't easy Talking to someone that everybody else in town is mad at, that's not easy to do. And other people are going to come to you and say, why aren't you talking to them? You're supposed to hate them like I hate them. Life's too short for that, guys. And the lesson that we learn from a little girl is incredible, isn't it? And get this, her life that she lived was impactful. 
It changed history. It changed the course of a life. And I want you to know every, the beautiful thing about the gospel is every person in this room has the ability to live an impactful life that changes lives. Every person in this room can do that. And we should. We ought to live our life this way. That's why I say to you, this today is the favorite of the series for me. Living that life one mission. It's a, it, it's a life lived for others that makes all the difference. And I get it, man. We have to make a living, don't we? And we get up and we hustle and we go. And, but man, if you're just living to make a living, stop it. Live to make a life. And all those years that I worked in the printing industry and I'd go to work, I went to work so I could pay the bills and take care of my family. I went to work so that I could help the church further the gospel. I went to work so I could support missions. I went to work so I could be benevolent to other people and be a blessing to other people. I never went to work to go to work, ever. I didn't do that. Don't live your life that way. That's the wrong motive. That's the wrong end game. Our end game is impact. Our end game should be influence, helping other people, a life of love and kindness and goodness and joy. Let me read that again. A life of love. And we say this, I love them, I just don't want them around me. Come on, man. Just being honest. I love them. I just want them to stay up in that mountain, in that cave by themselves where they're miserable. Because that's what they deserve. But that's different. Kindness. This is the fruit of the Spirit, right? We're going back a couple of series. Kindness. Be nice to people. They don't deserve Kindness. That's not the point. Is it? We're only kind to the people who deserve kindness. I think the fruit of the Spirit takes us further than that goodness. And right, you could put all of them in here. But just consider joy. A joyful life. I'm going to bring joy. It's that confident hope in Jesus. And here it is. The, the life that Cindy Lou who was living is a life that can change the world. And you ought to want to live that life. I want to live a life that can change things. Change a family. And because of the life that you live, families and worlds are different. Well, you can't do that when you're selfish. You can't do that when you're angry. You can't do that when you're bitter. You can't do that when you're more concerned about you than everybody else. You can't live that life. And I'm grateful to God that he didn't think that way. Right? He sent the ambassador, his son, the go-between. 
between us and God is the mediator, Jesus. He bridged that gap. And then as he was getting ready to leave this world, he said, hey, guys, I want you to be that bridge. I want you to stand in that gap and offer hope and help to people. And she lived with this conviction. She believed she had a responsibility to love the Grinch. Do we feel that way? Do we we believe that way? Like we have a responsibility to love God and love people? We need to because it's truth. It's truth for us. She believed the Grinch needed to be loved and she offered that love and care for him. And I want you to know she was the only one in Whoville that did. Okay? She's the only one in Whoville that did. And maybe you're the only one in Fort Worth who does. But be that one. Everyone else in the family, I don't talk to Uncle blah blah. He's an outcast. We don't like him. Don't let that influence you. By the way, I started to say when I started, this may be ugly sweater day, but this is also steel-toed shoe day. Right? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. What? Wait. Hold on. So, right, we haven't got to the good stuff yet because I'm just giving you my thoughts. But we're about to get to God's thoughts, and God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts are, right? So I'm going to give you the simple one first. Okay, I'm going to talk about the shepherd for a minute. And the shepherds are out in the field, and they're keeping watch over their flock. And, and the angel comes to them and says, hey, born to you this day in the city of David, Savior, Christ the Lord, all that, right? And they say, huh, let's go see. And they went and saw. And in verse 17 of Luke chapter 2, it says, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Let me tell you what I know about Jesus, they said. And they started telling people, let me tell you what I know about Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. How much did they know about Jesus? Had they been to Bible college? Had they read the New Testament? Had they read the Gospel of Luke? None of of that, right? None of that. They, They hadn't had any interaction with Jesus other than seeing him as a little bitty baby laying in the manger. That's all they had seen. But they share what they knew about Jesus. And look at the next verse. And all who heard it wondered. Wow. Is this even possible? And I want you to know that the message of the gospel always has a wow factor. Is this even possible? And it may be true for, for you. But I don't think that can be true for me. Oh, yes, it can. Absolutely you can, right? If you're a believer in Jesus, you know, yeah, what's true for this person absolutely can be true for you. It's not just for those people because we all are those people. All of us are those people, okay? Are you with me? Hang on to that. And so that's the good news. Their, their first response was to go tell. The, the impact of the good news, people wondered, is this even possible and listen, guys, this message is too good to keep to yourself. It's too good to, to hide, cover up, be quiet about. Don't be quiet about it. 
And like Cindy Lou Who, when you share that message, it can change the world. And we ought to be world changers. Here and there. Here and everywhere else. Neighbors, nations, and next generations. We ought to live our life for that. For our neighbors, for our nations, and for our next generations. We ought to live our life that way. That's why we have such a high value on young people. That's why we have such a high value on missions and missions work around the world. And that's why we have a high value on our community because all of that is important. And to me, it's incredibly hypocritical to send somebody to Nicaragua to preach the gospel if we won't do it here. Don't send them to do it there and then let's not do it here. Does that make sense? Don't ease your conscience by giving some money to missions and not go talk to your neighbor and invite them to church. It's crazy. This is the most wonderful time of year to invite people to come and celebrate the birth of Christ. That's how we should live our life. Amen. Okay, y'all ready? Here it comes. You ready? Luke chapter 6. Same book. Same book as I was in. A few chapters later. Words written in red in your Bible that was all created by the translators. But most of our Bibles will have Jesus' words written in red. Now, I know y'all can't see that, but none, none of the letters in my Bible are written in red. Because I think all the words are the words of Jesus. Okay, right? All the words are the words of Jesus. But these are the words that he spoke to us while he was alive and walking around in the world. In verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. And we begin to pray about this series and about the message of today and the actions of Cindy Luhu. And can I just throw it out there for you? Would you agree with me that she is actually living out this verse in her little life? I mean, he literally stole her Christmas tree. He stole all her presents and the cookies and the candy canes everything well if there's somebody you ought to be mad at it's that person love your enemies do good to those who hate you oh me huh do good to those who hate you now, right about now, 50%, 60% of this room is like, all right, I'm ready for this thing to be over. That's one verse. That's one verse. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Well, I don't know if you've been cursed this year or not. I have. I've been talked ugly about. Y'all been talked ugly about this year? I've been talked ugly about this year. And the greatest compliment is, Pastor, I've watched you. And you don't curse back. 
Nope. Life's too short for that, guys. Life's too short for that. And there's people who hurt us, who hurt you. And I know some of you in this room today, y'all absolutely have been heartbroken this year. And I'm sorry. I really am. From the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. And I wish, I wish that didn't happen in our world. But we live in a very fallen, broken, hurting world. And people hurt people. But I'm not going to be one of those people who hurt people. You don't have to be one of those people who hurt people. And you can live the life of Cindy Lou who said, you know what? I'm going to live above that and beyond that. And I admire that in the story. And I can make a really good argument that when Dr. Seuss was writing this little story, he was using this passage of Scripture as his text for what he's doing. Because look at it. Pray for those who abuse you. Well, it's one thing for me not to talk ugly about them, but to literally pray for them? That's a stretch, Jesus. Come on. Day before Christmas Eve, that's a stretch. Listen, if I don't want them dead, that ought to be enough. Hello? Huh? Huh? We just live in a fallen world, guys, with hurting people. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, don't we love this verse? They slap you on one side, what do you do? Hit them right in their gut. Punch them in the throat. No, no. We turn the other cheek. We turn that other cheek. And that's the distinction between someone who's living their life for Jesus and someone who's not. You hurt me. I'm going to hurt you back. That's not the life of a believer in Jesus. I was reading this morning. Some of you read it already today in Luke 23. Jesus is on the cross. Father, forgive him. There has been no time for healing, right? Still right in the middle of it, isn't he? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And listen, some of you in this room, you can look at it and you're rational and you're thinking clearly and like, yeah, you're, you're making a mistake that you should never make if you knew how it was going to turn out. And as leaders and as teachers and as people who study the scriptures and people who do ministry, and anyone who's a pastor or been a pastor or been a, a leader, a, a teacher, you can look at someone and say, listen, what you're doing has a horrible end result. Don't do it. But many, many, many times they don't listen to you. They don't listen to that advice. They, they don't know what they're doing. From the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. It's a hat. It's a scarf. So wait. If they break into my house and they're going to steal my presents, we say, hey, don't forget the tree. I told you, Dr. Seuss, he's right here. I'm going to take your presents and your stockings and your decorations 
and your nutcrackers. I'm going to leave the duck. Huh? Better leave the duck. I'll whip you. Give to everyone who begs from you. This week, I, I want y'all to know I've learned a lot this year. <clears throat> I guess it was this week. I don't remember when I, we went to, there's a uh, Taco Bueno, which is not my favorite place to eat, but my whole family loves it, so I eat there. Up, up north of the airport, up there off 35. And so we go up there to the Taco Bueno, and we pull in, and we park. And I look out in the field, and I see out in the field, 75 yards, there's a guy who has set up a, a pallet, and he's got a puppy dog with him. And it's lunchtime. He's living out there. So I walk out there to him. I don't even say anything to my family. I just walk out there to the guy, and I say, hey, man, ha have you had lunch today? I said, have you eaten today? He said, no, I haven't. I said, well, we're about to, I'm about to feed my family. What would you like? He said, anything. Anything will be fine. Anything. I said, no, man, I'm going to get you whatever you want. Tell me what you want. He said, I, I guess a burrito. Well, I'm buying you just a burrito. I'm buying you a bunch of burritos. I said, he has a dog, and his dog is very excited to see me. Don't you like it when dogs are excited to see you? Amen. I said, what about your dog? He said, he'll eat anything. I'll bet he would. So I go inside and I order my family's food and I order his food and, and I get him a, a drink and I take it out there to him. I, you know, give him his food. and I don't, Honestly, I don't spend five minutes preaching the gospel to him, none of that. I tell him, God bless you and, and Merry Christmas. Just show that guy some compassion. I, I, say, I want you to know that I'm giving you this food in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> King of the Jews. None of that, man. None of that. And I go back inside and I sit down with my family and it's quite awkward for a second. Because I want you all to know something. Terry Kaiser does not do that. I do now. And I'm going to live the rest of my life on mission. Because somebody has to, and it may as well be me. This week, a lot of you guys brought cookies, and we took those cookies out to the community. And, and gosh, so funny, the stories. And Jeremy is such a good storyteller. And he and Gabby and Miss Cheryl, they went around, and they're delivering the cookies. And when you walk in with this tin of cookies, they think you're a salesman. So I'm here to sell you something. And hey, good morning. We're glad to see you today over here. And we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And here's some cookies. And they're like, is that it? <laughs> yep, that's the totality of our presentation. They're like, well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Show somebody some love, man. <clears throat> Listen, can I say it this way? Get outside of your world and show somebody some love. Think outside of that box. I want to say this too. Thank you to everyone who adopted one of the kids this year to be a blessing to our community. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for that heart. It means a lot. Verse 31 says, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. 
We know that as the golden rule. Do y'all know that word, golden rule? I heard two people who were mature say that. Do the rest of you know about the golden rule? Have they, have they stopped teaching that in school, or do they still teach a golden rule? They do teach it? They do? No, they don't, do they? Come on, man. Live for that. Live for that. You want somebody to do it for you? Do it for them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Even the unbelieving world does that. I love giving gifts to my family. But if you go shopping between Thanksgiving and now, it isn't just believers out there buying presents, is it? Is it? No. I'm kind of glad that they backed off of that Black Friday rush and people killing each other for a Cabbage Patch doll. I'm showing my gap now, aren't I? Right. That's a pretty bad gap. I know, I understand. At least I owned it, Jada. Come on, I owned it. But what about giving something to someone that can't give back? What about that? Because no. right, I know what we do. You buy me something, I'm trying to establish the value of it. So when I buy you something, it's equal and compatible. Hello? Have you ever been given something, there's no way that you can match it? I have many times. I, I can't. No. I can't. I wish I could. I can't. That's okay. It's okay to be that way. But, oh, verse 33. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So if you're just nice to people who are nice to you, if you're just good to the people who are good to you, you're no different than the rest of the world. And listen, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we're, we're empowered and we're able to do different. That's the point. We have that spirit in us to do different, to be different. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. So we do good, we love, we lend. It's a wash. Live above the wash. That's good. Right? That, that's worth tweeting. Somebody tweet that. That's good. <laughs> Live above the wash. Verse 35 says, again, love your enemies. Verse 27 says, love your enemies. Verse 35, coming back around, love your enemies. Do good. Lend. This is a hard part for me. Don't expect anything in return. I'm only going to love them if they love me. Why? I've been asked this so many times in my life. Why would you stick your neck out there? Why? Why would you take a chance on someone that's going to be ugly to you? Why? Why would you do that? Because of that verse right there. Because that's what Jesus teaches me to do. Man, I hope you connect some dots today. I hope you understand. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He says, here's some things that you can do. 
But, but I know, too, that there's a lot of people in this room who say, man, Pastor, I am sick and tired of being hurt. I get it. And I want this church and this family of believers to be a very safe place where you can come and be loved and accepted. And I'm telling you all, as a pastor of this church, we will accept nothing less. This is not going to be a place, a place of judgment and ridicule and gossip and whisper and slander. It's not going to be that kind of place. Jesus deserves better and people deserve better than that. And the church ought to be a, a refuge place. Your home ought to be a refuge place. Get this, man. And this is not why we do it. Don't do it for the reward. But there is one. There is one. There's a reward. If you can live like the rest of the world lives, and when you get to heaven, and so just think about the, the, the parable of the good stewards or the faithful stewards or the parable of the talents. Y'all know that? Where a guy's given five talents and he makes it ten. And there's a guy given three talents and he makes it six. There's a guy given one talent and he keeps that one talent. And he gets back to the Lord. And the Lord says, give that one talent back to me. Because you didn't do anything with what we gave you. And give it to the one who has ten. Don't get to heaven broke. Live your life this way. Live it like this. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high. For he is kind to the ungrateful. Well, I'm going to love you, but if you're not going to appreciate it, then I'm not going to love you. That's not what God did. Come tomorrow night. We'll explain that a little more. That was another hint for tomorrow night. He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. I know in this room for some of you, and man, my heart breaks for you today. It really does. This world has been incredibly evil to you. But Jesus has not. He hasn't. He's faithful. He loves us. He loves us. He has a desire for us. He has a plan for us. He has an abundant life for us. A life that's worth living. In this world, you're going to face tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. I've overcome the world. And I don't know if you wake up afraid. Sometimes we do. Not usually for ourselves, usually for other people. Usually for someone else. Oh God, please do a work in their life. Please watch over them and take care of them. Please help them. God teaches his mercy. Be merciful, he says, for even as your father is merciful. And if anybody knows the mercy of God, it's the son. And here's a conclusion. Just reading on. 
in the text, judge not, you will not be judged. <clears throat> Boy, I want to judge people. Do, do you? Jesus, the words of Jesus himself says, don't do that. Judge not and you won't be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Wait, wait a minute. That's a whole different context of that verse, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm telling y'all, man, when I read this passage of Scripture, this is not living in the normal. This is not living in the natural. This is living in the spirit. This is living in the supernatural. I can't live this life without the Holy Spirit of God helping me. I can't do it. It's impossible. But the good news is we don't have to. It's still Christmas is the statement that Carolyn Tester said a week or so ago in front of me talking to Mike, her husband, godly couple of missionaries for more than 40 years, faithful people here and a part of this ministry. And she looks at Mike and she says, it's still Christmas, meaning Jesus still came to save his people from their sin. And I'm delivered, I'm redeemed, I'm bought with a price. And I get to live a life that is different because of Jesus and what he did at Christmas time. And it is still Christmas. It is Christmas. And as much as the Grinch wanted to steal it, and as much as uh, Herod wanted to kill Christ, God preserved Christmas for us today so that we can live in this, in this power that comes from Jesus, in this ability that comes from Jesus, in this right that comes from Jesus, not in our own power, not in our own strength, and not in our own right, but in his. And he says, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. So evangelism and, and the fellowship of baptism and discipleship. And, man, we live our lives for that. And we should live our lives for that because that's what matters most. Keeping a tally and getting even and remembering and holding grudges, that's human. Forgiveness, love, giving. And some of us this morning have been really confronted, haven't we, with the verse of Scripture. That I believe is just as true today as when Jesus said it. Just as true as when Luke wrote it down. And it's important that we live our lives that way. And here's how it happens when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus and we live our lives for Jesus. And if you never prayed to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that's where it starts. Because you can't do that without Jesus. You can't do it. But with Jesus, we should do it. We ought to live that way. Well, they hurt me. He knows. He knew that when he said it. He knew that when he had Luke write it down. 
He knows about the hurt. He knows about the betrayal. He knows about the deception and the slander. He knows. But he also knows what's good for us. And it's good for us to live our lives this way. And it's not good for us when we don't. And he says, if you'll let me, I'll help you. Let him help you. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we're grateful and thankful for the text and for the challenge. And Jesus, we believe that you make all the difference. And I pray this morning, if there's someone who's here today that's never prayed and asked for forgiveness and, and, and trusted you with their life, with their hurt and their heartache and their sin and their despair, and today they would call out to you and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want to live my life for you. And I pray today would be their salvation day, Lord, when they would trust you as their Savior. And I pray for others in the room, so many of us this year, who've experienced hurt or attack or confusion, slander, that we would learn to love our enemies and to do good and to lend to give not expecting anything in return and that we would live our life to glorify you and not ourselves thank you for teaching us today Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to go live life on mission and share the love of Christ with a world who desperately needs you. And I pray, Lord, that we would all live our life on mission that way. And Lord, I know in the room this morning there are people who are hurting. And I pray, God, the God of all comfort, that you would comfort this morning. that there would be peace in our hearts. There would be trust. There would be a gentleness, a stillness, and a healing, Lord, that would take place. Thank you that you're the great physician and you can heal. In Jesus' name I pray.